So last week I spoke about uh, cultivating the twin resources of wisdom and compassion to help us meet all of these various challenges that we're currently facing. And probably like many of you, I've been spending a lot of time online this week, just connecting with friends and family and colleagues all around the world. And one thing that struck me was that even though, you know, in some ways our lives are on hold, and many people are working less, working from home, I was surprised how many people, and especially with my teaching friends, how many people were reporting that they feel busier than ever because they're trying to respond to the needs of their communities, the needs of the institutions that they're teaching in. And I've been feeling a similar pull myself to do more, to be more supportive, to fill the time, to be productive, to make the most use of this. And at the same time, I can recognize there's something that feels a little bit off in that response. So on Sunday, I took the day to be completely tech-free. I try once a month to have a completely computer-free day. And this time it took even more discipline than usual because I'm living here in Birmingham, a city where I don't know anybody. And so really the computer is kind of my lifeline, the way I stay connected. Nevertheless, I took this full day off, put the technology aside. And it was a relief just to give my being time to reset. And I realized that on some level, it's kind of like I'm in shock. And I think that probably many of us are in shock too. But at the moment, it's hard to even acknowledge that, hard to even feel it. Because at the moment, there isn't enough safety or stability or ground to really let us register what's happening. It's like we don't know what's coming next. Um, we don't know what we're supposed to prepare for. So those of you who might have some familiarity with the Tibetan tradition, in the Tibetan tradition, they talk about the bardo. And the bardo is a, is a kind of indeterminate space, traditionally, that happens after being dies. And it's in this uh, wandering in search of a new place to take form in. So the bardo is a kind of an intermediate state between lives. And it's seen as being a time of great challenge and also great opportunity. So you might remember last week, I mentioned that the Chinese character for crisis literally means dangerous opportunity. In the same way, these bardo states, uh, whether or not we resonate with the idea of rebirth, these bardo states, maybe we can take that in and give ourselves permission just to relax a bit and to, in some ways, make the most of the groundlessness that we're in. Because if we push to get steadiness and stability and resolution too soon, we might miss out on an opportunity to really strengthen the heart qualities of kindness and compassion, joy and equanimity. And all of these skillful qualities can get catalyzed very strongly when we face challenges like this, when we're in some ways compelled to meet our own distress and others' distress, but also to keep in mind 
all of the positive things that are already coming out of this. You know, we see many, many examples of communities coming together, of individual acts of courage and kindness. So in all of this, what we're looking for is the kind of balance that I mentioned in the guided meditation. And it's not so easy. You know, when we're faced with these challenges, it's hard to stay present with the pleasant and the unpleasant. And it's much easier to get caught, again, individually and collectively in anxiety, judgment, fear, despair, and so on. So in some ways, I think of this hyper-busyness that seems to be sweeping some parts of the world as a, a bit of a, a knee-jerk response. You know, in terms of trauma, we have fight, flight, freeze. And it seems like right now, people are, some people are getting caught in sort of compulsive doing, 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 doing anything just to keep the anxiety at bay and to feel like we have some degree of control. You know, on the most simple level, even the panic buying of toilet paper. I don't know what to do, so I'll just buy toilet paper. And there's this sense, well, okay, if I can do something, then I've, I'm a bit more in control. So a friend recently sent me an article by a, a woman academic in Canada. Uh, her name's Aisha Ahmad. And she's commenting on this same tendency in the field of higher education. And she's talking about what's happening in universities around her, but it, to me, it feels relevant beyond just universities. She says, among my academic colleagues and friends, I've observed a common response to the COVID-19 crisis. They are fighting valiantly for a sense of normalcy, hustling to move courses online, maintaining strict writing schedules, creating Montessori schools at their kitchen tables. They hope to buckle down for a short stint until things get back to normal. I wish anyone who pursues that path the very best of luck and health. And then she goes on to say, as someone who's who has experience with crises around the world, what I see behind this scramble for productivity is a dangerous assumption. The answer to the question that everyone's asking, when will this be over, is simple and obvious, yet terribly hard to accept. The answer is never. Global catastrophes change the world, and this pandemic is very much akin to a major war. Even if we contain the COVID-19 crisis within a few months, the legacy of this pandemic will live with us for years, perhaps decades to come. It will change the way we move, build, learn, and connect. There's simply no way that our lives will resume as if this had never happened. And so while it may feel good in the, movement, in the moment, it's foolish to dive into a frenzy of activity or obsess about productivity right now. That is denial and delusion. The emotionally and spiritually sane response is to prepare to be forever changed. So I don't know about for you, but for me that had some resonance. And the first step, how do we prepare for 
when we don't know what we're preparing for. So the first step is just to more fully acknowledge that, to let ourselves touch into any feelings of anxiety or uncertainty or groundlessness, and to start to develop more tolerance for the discomfort of them. I think most of us have a kind of knee-jerk kind of don't want to feel that. But the more we can develop tolerance for it, then the less they propel us into reactions and unskillful habits. So just to be able to say to yourself from time to time to stop and say, I'm feeling anxious right now. Just to say it to yourself or to a friend and to remember that it's okay to not feel okay. We can take a few deep breaths. We might look out of the window. We might just take some time to listen to the bird songs that I think many of us have experienced bird songs suddenly seeming much more vivid and loud because the background noise has dropped to some extent. So we can register it's okay to not feel okay. And at this moment, in this moment, I actually am okay. So that anxiety tends to propel us into the future. But if we really stop and check right now, yes, you know, for myself, I have a roof over my head. I have enough food. My health is okay. Right now, I actually am okay. So we might need to ignore that little voice that says, yeah, but what about next week? What about next month? And to really recognize those as future thoughts keep coming back to right now this moment take the energy away from the proliferating mind and bring the awareness down into the body so as we were doing in the meditation this body is such a powerful resource for stability so you can practice it right now just feeling your feet on the floor again feeling the contact of the sitting bones with the cushion and you might breathe out a little longer and again release on the out breath the energy any energy that might be there of anxiety and as you breathe in you might breathe in whatever resources you feel to be in need of right now perhaps kindness or compassion appreciation or gratitude perhaps the steadiness of equanimity and you might imagine taking it in from the environment around you. Or when you look at the screen from the presence of all the fellow meditators on the uh, call with you today. Or you might just orient to a sense of connection with the group and the sense of all of us in this together. We're doing our best to develop this steadiness for our own benefit and the benefit of others. So the first step is just stopping and acknowledging and just that frees up the energy of resistance. You know, when we're clamped down or bracing against something, energy can't flow. So just acknowledging, yeah, I don't feel so good right now. Okay, it's okay. And releasing that energy of resistance, then we have more energy to actually navigate what's happening. It can be helpful when we're working with the body just to notice areas of the body that might feel somewhat pleasant or at ease. So again, even right now, you might notice 
what are areas of the body that feel pleasant? Maybe you've got a warm shawl around your neck or you have a cushion to hug or the temperature in the room feels quite pleasant. If it's daylight, you can stop and look out of the window and really take in the vastness of the sky. And then when there's a little bit more stability, again, there's just that sense of, okay, may I open to how it is right now? Because this is how it is right now. And in that remembering of impermanence, there's the implicit understanding that this too shall pass. This too shall pass. So once there's a little bit more stability there, you can take a few moments just to appreciate your own efforts, your own intention to develop more courage, more kindness, and so on. And then often it's helpful to then go and do something, do some activity that's nourishing, that's steadying, that's soothing. So we talked last week about a few options. It was talking to a friend or playing with a pet, going for a walk, if you can get outside, making a cup of tea, just really simple things. But at the moment, we have the capacity to really connect with them more fully, and then they become a resource for calm and ease and appreciation. So those are just a few reflections. And again, I wanted to leave most time just to hear from any of you how you're doing, any suggestions, comments, or questions. Thank you for, for listening. <laughs>